to People Like Us, a podcast for and about third culture kids everywhere. I'm Jen Mohindra. I'm also a TCK and I have a Facebook group for TCK adults called, unsurprisingly, People Like Us. Hello, and in today's episode of People Like Us, I'm delighted to be speaking with Camille Zunio. Camille, hello, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Jen. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Perfect. Thank you. So, as always, straight into the first question, could you tell me about where you grew up? <laughs> Sure, I was expecting that question from listening to your <laughs> other podcast. Oh. Um, so where I grew up, um, both of my parents are French. So I was actually born in France, in Paris, and very soon after moved to outside of Paris in the suburbs. Um, but when I was three or no, four years old, I believe, it's always a bit blurry in terms of the ages, but I think when I was four years old, we moved to um, Singapore. So my two French parents, my younger brother and I uh, moved to Singapore and we stayed there about three, four years. And being in Singapore, um, you know, it was obviously a very international environment and I was in this international school and that's where I learned to speak English. So I didn't speak a word of English and I was just put into a class where everyone just spoke English. And apparently I didn't speak for three months and then everything came out in English. Wow. <laughs> but, I, yeah. but I was also taking Japanese classes. Um, and so I remember how to count and how to sing happy birthday. Uh, but yeah, that was quite a, quite a shift from um, a very French uh, upbringing until then. Uh, my parents are uh, passionate about Asia and they had spent a lot of time in Singapore before that. So that's that's why we moved there. Um, so we were we were there for about, you know, three, four years. So until I was about seven, um, uh, seven, eight, and then came back to France uh, to, to another location um, because there was an international school there. It's a, it's a place called Saint-Germain-en-Laye. Maybe other people um, other people know it who, who are listening. Uh, it's an international school. And um, so it was just to keep up the English, I guess they, they you know, we, we went back to France specifically in that place for that school. So I was there for about two years. Um, and then we moved to London with my parents and my brother as well. Um, moved to London when I was about 10 years old, nine years old and um, went to the, to the French school here in London. So it was the opposite. I was in an English environment, but in a French education. Whereas in France, I was in a France, and I was in France, but in an English or more like American environment. Um, so just kind of always keeping that mix. Um, and London was, was a really big uh, part of um, my upbringing because I stayed there about five years, I think from 10 to 15 years old. So I think, yeah, these are definitely the, the, the most important years and um, of, of upbringing where you really define yourself as a person and, and you grow up and, and sort of, yeah, choose who you are and, and discover yourself and, and your identity and shape that in those years. Um, and those years I was in London. Uh, so quite stable between 10 and 15. But then the biggest disruption um, happened, which was when I was 15 years old. My parents, my, my dad changed jobs, uh, changed companies, and we had to move back to France, but not anywhere new. We had to move back to the exact same place where I had been 
just before moving to London. Mm -hmm. So kind of moving from London, which was a beautiful life, you know, living in central London, um, you know, growing up like 15, just starting to, to go out a bit and go clubbing and, um, and, and, and have fun in, in like a big city. And then moving back to a small town in a house right next to the forest when I like turned 15, that was a really, really tricky move. Um, yeah, very, very difficult one. Um, knowing I only had two more years of high school left and the hardest ones as well uh, in the French system, uh, it gets very tricky uh, when, you, when you have those two last years and specifically in the scientific route I had chosen. And so that was, that was a very difficult move back to France. But what was even more difficult, I think, is that I couldn't entirely create or recreate something new because it was, I was going back to the same place I had grown up before. So somehow the same, the same people were there. Um, so I was just coming back to what I had been before, which was a very strange feeling. Um, and I remember, uh, I remember sitting on the, on, the, on the sofa crying with my dad and he, I told him like, I'm just going to work hard, power through, get my, get my baccalaureate, um, get my, my A-levels if you want, and, mm -hmm. um, and, and that's it, and not make any friends and just power through. That was my mindset when I, when I, yeah, moved back. But then eventually we're all social beings. And, you know, um, I think in another episode, someone was mentioning, you know, you make friends with the new people because everyone else so has already been friends for so long. Mm. And so that's precisely what happened. There was someone who was like redoing her year. Like she, she, she had to redo the, um, the same year. So she didn't know anyone and, um, and we became friends. And from then, obviously other social connections happen anyways but but yeah that was a very tricky um tricky move and then as soon as I was done I moved back to London my uh, my most um you know precious and 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 important place where I really feel felt like I belonged those five years and where I really grew and developed as an individual so yeah I ran back from my university <laughs> that's um that's roughly from zero to 18. yeah so what you spoke about in terms of your, your hardest move at the age of 15 back to France, and that it seems to be the classic difficult age to move anywhere between about 12 to 15, maybe 16, yeah. for many of the reasons which, which you describe. And then going back to London when you could, when it was your choice to move, the things that you spoke about of going to France back to the same place, but obviously you changed, but the people there were just stayed there and you have this sort of this not running mm. up there. When you went back to London then, what was that like? Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like a breath of of yeah, fresh air. And I think, well, it was very different because I wasn't moving with my family, right? Yeah. I was moving on my own. So that was, it came with um, independence. Um, mm -hmm. It came with like a new life, a new phase of life. And also I went to university, which was very different and completely different to the systems, um, education systems I had been in before, which in the end were a French um, French system. And so suddenly I was in the British um, university system where I had like five hours of lectures and classes a week 
which was something new to adapt to, but which everything was different if you want. It wasn't, it wasn't the same London. I was also living in like a different area of London um, and London can feel like this sometimes where you live in the East or the West and very different experiences. Mm, mm. Um, so it just really felt like, um, like something completely new and very, very exciting. <laughs> and new, everyone exciting. knew I was meeting new people. So yeah. yeah. Brilliant. So um, when people ask you the often dreaded question for TCKs of where are you from? How do you respond to that? It's, um, <laughs> it's something that has evolved a lot. Um, I think uh, right now when, I, when I'm asked this question, so I live in London and right now when I'm asked this question, I say I'm from France. So mm -hmm. I, have, I have a French passport, both of my parents are French. Um, I still have a bit of a French accent as well. I, um, I, I still identify in terms of country, if you want, uh, country delimitations or um, to France. But I think that's also because I live in, in London, in the UK, where somehow it's, it's, it balances out. Just like, you know, when I was in, in France, I was in an um, American or Anglo-Saxon environment. Or when I was in the UK, I was in a French environment. That, that balance is still a part of me. So that still feels right. Um, in the past growing up, I definitely rejected that identity as being yeah. French. I would say that I'm a Londoner or I'm from London or I would say I'm French, but I grew up in London. Um, and so always finding the balance in that answer um, mm -hmm. rather than, than restricting it to the borders of a country because I, I, I think this is so irrelevant today. Um, yeah to think in terms of borders, uh, like we transcend borders now. It's, it's, yeah, there's no such thing as, as an identity from one specific country uh, for a lot of people. Mm. What about Singapore? Obviously you were quite young at that age. Mm. How do you feel that that affected your identity? Because it's not just the, or you French, or you British. Mm. There's also, you know, Singapore thrown in the mix for, for good measure, if you like. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, well, my experience in Singapore, like, really, really shaped my, my personality, I would say, my, my, uh, and my appreciation for, for different things, and notably, like, Southeast Asia and its traditions, its, um, its culture, its food. So growing up as a child there was just completely eye-opening, like you're thrown into this world of, of everything new, everything different, um, and it becomes your norm, it becomes your everyday. And so you integrate that, and I integrated that in a way that today I'm, I would say, it's just made me really adaptable, but also feel extremely um, at home wherever I go in Asia. So that is definitely a part of my identity. Um, it's not where I'm from, but it's definitely a big part of who I am and how it's shaped who I am today. Like I have, you know, the, the Chinese uh, lucky charms just here on all my, my doors in my home, you know, the, the mm -hmm. Chinese New Year yes. um, decorations, um, you know, Hainanese chicken rice remains my favorite dish. And that's like the main dish of Singapore. Um, so there is a lot of, um, a lot of things that, um, that I've integrated and that are part of who I am. Um, 
yeah, that's definitely the impact that Singapore had on me. And whether it's Singapore specifically or just in general Southeast Asian culture, because we traveled a lot, obviously, like everyone when you're there, like around 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 the the area, the region. But also my my brother also lives in in, in Thailand right now in Bangkok, so that also keeps a strong link. And he's been living there for a long time. My parents also moved back to Asia. Hong Kong and Singapore in the last like 10 years. So this has maintained, if you want, like that, um, that connection to this, mm -hmm. to those cultures and to making, yeah, this a part of me. So definitely very, very marking um, experience in those young years. I wouldn't say, I mean, it's definitely not where I'm from. It's not, I don't identify. Um, uh, as as Eastern European, uh, Eastern sorry, Asian, <laughs> but um, but it's definitely like shaped a big part of my personality and and who I am and what I enjoy and and how I feel when I'm there. Mm, it's it's interesting that you say that um, Singapore and Southeast Asia, you can feel quite at home there, and obviously you still have strong ties with your family being there. Mm. Where would you say? doesn't feel like home doesn't feel like home mm. I <laughs> actually I would say France <laughs> in the strange way that for me well it's not strange it's strange it, it makes sense in, in the sense that for me home is where I feel safe and where I feel loved that's kind of how I define home it's 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 a place with feelings not necessarily a place with a location and um today uh, in france there's there's very little of that because my parents don't live there at the moment yeah so if you want my my parents cocoon safety and love is not there it's mm -hmm. a bit everywhere these days <laughs> but it was in asia for a while and now they've just moved to dubai in the middle of a pandemic so very brave uh, of them um my brother is also yeah in Southeast Asia, so there's a bit of home there for sure, and there has been for the last ten years. But I think France doesn't necessarily have this feeling of home, unless unless the people who make home for me are there. So when we spend you know some time in in, in the countryside where there's a family home, and we are all there together, then that feels like oh I feel like I'm at home there. Um, yeah. So home then sounds like for you, it's more about people rather than physical location. Mm, definitely people and, and the feelings associated to that. Um, because for example, my parents live in Dubai now, but that doesn't feel like home, even though they're there. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's definitely um, also linked to a place in a way that, that I know, like I can visualize. I'm a very visual person and I guess like, knowing that I can visualize where they are in what environment and that creates that sense of safety and like cocoon. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so in the end, the location as well, like the, the place they live in, the people that make home for me is, is important as well. Mm -hmm. mm. Interesting also that as a TCK, you've, um, how should I put it, like bonded so much with London. And of course I <laughs> speak of, from my own experience of having spent mm the longest I've ever lived in one place in London mm. and you know it's such a melting pot of multicultural mm. diversity um, mm -hmm. body yeah. can, can blend in there 
How important to you is that when thinking about, you know, where, where you'd want to live? Well, it's, it's crucial. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> it's sure. crucial. Like yeah, having that, that diversity and that melting pot, that, that mix of cultures and uh, is, is exactly where I want to live. I wouldn't want to live uh, or I wouldn't feel like I belong in a place that is less, yeah, more more national and more um, anchored in one culture. Um, that is not mine. Um, I think having that that multicultural dynamism in London just means that you can find your place, um, your community. Everything is a lot more fluid. I like this this idea of you know cultural fluidity where mm-hmm. um, you know the connections between people are not based on um, uh, predefined or social constructs around one culture, but they're a lot more fluid and just based on on actual deeper connections um, than than judgments or or yeah projections based on a certain culture. I think that's what that's what is particularly vibrant and 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 welcoming in these environments. And that's why, like, I wouldn't choose anywhere else to to live. Um, there, there are a few places like this in the world, um, but definitely London because I grew up here as well. And it was those years that really defined my identity. Like, I identify so much also with the British culture. Actually, um, I would say identify, but I like I've integrated the traditions, like by um, Folk's Day, the fireworks, like all these things that not many people know about who live here after when they're adults. Because I grew up here as a child, I also feel very much at home in the British culture itself, not just in this multicultural environment. So I think that adds another layer of why, why London? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, a question that often comes to me is about how to, how to feel stable in a place. Like what does stability mm-hmm. mean and the way you speak about London, you're obviously very comfortable in London. You have mm-hmm. growing up there. You talk about the diversity in that, so it's very mm-hmm. comfortable for you. But with that sort of feeling stable in London, is it somewhere that you think you'd want to live for the rest of your life, or do you think, oh well, I've had this sort of international upbringing, I'm used to moving around. Would you want to? like experience living in other places still or or how, how is it for you? Uh, I think, well, these are questions to be had in, well, with my partner at least, not just on my own, but it's two of us now. So I think um, it's it's a definitely um, a topic of discussion. And I think um, what was really important for me right now is to settle, to feel like I'm, I'm settled somewhere that I've grown, that I'm growing roots, that I, um, that I'm building a place to call home and to really feel like I'm anchored and grounded and, you know, like just strengthening myself, if you want, after 30 plus years of moving around, it just feels like that's what I want to do. And London is the, the place I've chosen to do that. And so it's kind of, yeah, it's a bit of nesting, if you want, like if you compare it to the animal world. Um, where you're just building a cocoon um, and, and in a place that's nurturing, you know, and, and that feels good. So definitely um, um, right now is, is, is what, I'm, 
what I want to do and, and what I'm doing. For the future, I think um, it's an interesting um, question that we talk about with my partner, who's also a, a TCK. And, um, and I think there's a bit of both in the sense that I think we really want a life for ourselves that's also a life of, of, of movement, of, of not being still and, and rooted too much and too long in one place, because that can also have its effects of, um, yeah, of, of, of just not being as brave or adventurous or excited to go out and discover the world. So I think keeping ourselves on our tippy toes is kind of a feeling that we want in our lives. Um, and, and, and possibly also giving that upbringing to, to any children we may have and, and being giving that to them in the way we've been educated because that's what I, I mean, I've loved my, my childhood, you know, looking back and of course it was a difficult time, but what, you know, the other side is probably just the same. And, and I'm so grateful for, for the upbringing I've had. And so giving that and taste of that and, uh, to my growing family would be, uh, would be something I really want um, for us. So yeah, a bit of, you know, some reflections. I'm still uh, young and at the beginning of this journey. So I'm not sure what that would look like, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to spend my whole life in London. <laughs> that's your question. <laughs> and also, you know, maybe keeping like a base here. I think that's the, that's one notion that we're discussing, like having, you know, a base, whether it's like an actual, just a flat a home, if we can afford that or um, yeah, some kind of tie and in, 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 in relation to London, not letting it go completely. Um, mm -hmm. And while we roam the world, I think the importance of having an anchor somewhere, whether it's London, whether it's in France, but something physical, like a home, a physical home to come back to once we travel, because that's something I didn't have as much with my family and something he did with his, his parents. And I think that was a nice difference as well and something I want to take from that. Mm, uh, on a personal level, that much of what you say absolutely resonates with me, as you know, I've spent mm. I'm living in London and have recently moved away. Mm -hmm. I have, as you describe, kept an anchor there and not just from having you know, family mm. very close to there, but in terms of keeping property there. So I do know mm. that I can go back to. And mm. it, it's, it's kind of comforting to have that. Mm. On, on the I'll come to you for advice in the future, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. You know where I am. I'm like, um, what do I do? <laughs> But on the subject of roots, um, yep. tell me about your business. Yes, sure. So um, about five years ago, I started um, uh, an art. It started as an art project, and now became a brand and and, and a business um, called Project Roots, which stemmed from my search for identity. I would say, as a third culture kid, I went uh, through this identity crisis. Um, I was working for in Dublin for a large company called Google <laughs> that um, um, was a very multicultural environment, yet I actually ended up being in a very French team with French people working with French clients. And that was a real uh, culture shock for me actually, having always been in international environments. And that kind of triggered like this link to uh, me renewing with my, my my passion for art and my art that I had always done since I was a child um, led me to sort of explore this identity crisis through my art. And I was surrounded by nature at the time 
in Dublin, there was a lot of parks and a lot of trips on weekends and in beautiful places. And this connection to nature was always something I had felt and just kind of made me feel just, just human, but in a way that's powerful, like really just rooted and connected to nature in a way like I could identify almost with these trees and with these plants and, and yeah, just, just made me feel good and and made me feel like everything else was going away and and so slowly i explored trees in relation to identity and to how we are actually so similar to them in the way that we need these roots to grow deep to be able to grow taller and stronger in life and um i started drawing yeah trees and, and tree designs and and slowly i realized there was a lot more to it than than just um, art and trees and um, and that's that's where the brand Project Roots was born and so my artwork which are framed um, trees drawn on glass um, and it's very simple it's black designs uh, so it's black and white and then there's the the shadows um, showing on the wall because it's it's glass so the light kind of shines through mm. and um, it's hard to explain in words, but, uh, and um, yeah, and, and this is really now become a symbol for, um, for third culture kids in a way, because it's this idea of like needing the presence of, of nature and this grounding forces in our lives, in our homes, so that we can feel good, strong, serene, calm. It just brings us and um, the, the, this energy uh, that gives us the chance to actually grow roots and, and nurture them and, and, and yeah, just have this, um, have these roots that we didn't have growing up or that have been cut or uprooted, etc. So it's really this idea of like trees are here around us and they give us this chance to, um, to feel strong and, and to grow from there and to, to, to flourish from there. So that's that's what I aim to do with my uh, with my business. Um, I, I sell my artwork um, for people to have this in their homes and to create um, a beautiful home environment where they feel safe and, and strong and rooted. And from there, they can have beautiful, uh, flourishing lives and, and and happy lives. And um, that's my that's my mission now with this business. <laughs> I have to say, I think it's a beautiful concept and I think it's a brilliant idea to uh, to turn this into a business and I, I wish you every success with that. Thank you. I'm reminded as you were speaking of, um, it's a question I often ask on these podcasts is, you know, what what does home mean? What, what does, what makes somewhere feel like home um, and also about belonging. And I'm reminded of one of the, um, the first episodes uh, where Rosemarie Garden was talking about home for her is the place in nature and mm. mirrors kind of what, what you were talking about there, which is, is just lovely. Mm. Yeah, I think there's such a strong connection. Um... That we tend to forget when we live in cities or when we're living busy lives and i think particularly in the last year we've um i, th I hear a lot of people around me have also felt this strong connection to nature in a way that they hadn't before and this this yes it's important the importance of noticing noticing the natural environment and sort of living with that rhythm as well of 
you know, the seasons passing by and the leaves dropping and then becoming like bare and but yet still full of life and then growing again. And so, yeah, the, this is beautiful in relation to our homes and to the lives we live in our homes. And we have lived in the last year very close to our home. And I really believe that home in general is, is really elevated and becomes a lot more meaningful and, um, and, and, and sort of a safe place when we are surrounded with nature whether it's outside, but also inside. And I think in cities particularly, well, there's been a boom obviously in, in plants, having plants indoors. And I think it's not only for the health benefits, it also has this, this yeah, this mental impact, right? Like the, the presence of a, of, of a natural being, <laughs> um, but also through, you know, yeah, home decor, natural elements, natural colors, um, earthy, earthy tones, like all these things that um, make us feel more, close to nature and and grounded I think really helps us to feel strong and calm and just happier <laughs> as you were talking about the the rejuvenation of trees and how they change in the, the mm. seasons that reminded me so much of the changes that we encountered as we were growing mm. up and moving from place to place and yet mm. might have um sort of had a, a change in appearance in our environment but at the same time it's still us sort of moving forward and and taking with us what what we had before mm. Re really nice concept I like it a lot mm. and there's also one thing with the trees which is also what I try to convey with my artwork is that we all know they have roots yet we can't see them right it's all below, below the surface and and what we see is really the outcome of that, which is like, yeah, what 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 I'm looking out the window as, as we speak because I have trees there, <laughs> and so yeah, there's this 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 physical appearance and and and, and like you say, like what changes with the seasons, the, the leaves that come out, the leaves that drop, etc. That's the show that we see, and that's if we take the parallel with us, that's you know the physicality of who we are, um, what's outside, but what's inside who what makes us us can't be seen right no one can guess from looking at me that I have this you know all these Asian traditions as part of my life or that yeah I, I'm going to speak with you know an, an, a non-French accent when I speak English or like all these things which are just in our roots and there's also things that that are within us that we don't know as well right ourselves <laughs> and that's all sort of the hidden that's that's below the surface in the same way that trees have these roots but that's what makes us us and that if we embrace it if we if we shed light on it first of all if we become aware of of these roots that we can't see um and and then we we, we learn to grow them and and that's what will allow us to really bloom as trees and as human beings <laughs> so that's yeah that's and that's in my art is represented by the shadow and so you can't you can't see the, sh the shadow only appears when the sun hits the artwork and, and the tree design but otherwise it's not there you can't see the roots but the shadow is what kind of reveals this idea of what can't be seen in that same idea <laughs> i like it a lot <laughs> We're almost at the uh, end of our time here together. There's a question I often like to ask to um, sort of end these chats on a very positive note, which we were on already. Uh, 
What would you say is one of the best things about having grown up as a TCK? One of the best things. I think it's 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 almost like uh, well, I'm going to go down a tangent, so I'm, I'm just going to answer your question. <laughs> I think it's being 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 brave um, yeah. and adventurous in a way. Um, and again, maybe that's just me, and maybe that's what I meant when I was going to go down a tangent. I was thinking maybe that's because that's how I grew up. Like I don't I don't know what it's like not to have all these things. Mm -hmm. um, but what I feel that has definitely enriched my life, um, being a third culture kid, is, is this idea of not being afraid and being a lot more, like the world just feels less scary. Yeah. Then, like it doesn't, it feels like anywhere I go, I'll find a way to adapt and to flourish. Um, and I think that's something that's really coming from this, this, this life abroad of, yeah, just not being afraid to uh, try new things, meet new people, um, and jump in, just jump in the boat and we'll figure it out. That's, that's what we do at Third Culture Kids. We, we have to adapt and figure things out. So that's, I think, is, is a beautiful life learning and something that I definitely carry with me. For sure. Brave and adventurous. I like that. <laughs> I might borrow that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for your Thanks, time. Jen. Thanks for all your questions. It was, it was great discussing this. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to People Like Us. If you'd like to join an online community full of people like us, hop over to Facebook and search for People Like Us. You'll find my group. And you're very welcome to join us.